What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode number 28 of the Mac Geeks podcast. I'm your host, as always, Jacob Hughley. And after some technical difficulties, we are finally here. I uh, tried to set up some stuff that, that I couldn't get set up, but we're here. We're going to talk wrestling. That's all that matters. Um, and I am joined again. He is back. Uh, my co-host, three-time All-American, Mr. Jack Mueller. How you doing, Jack? What up? I'm doing well. You know, just got off a plane. Um, lots of travel. Was I think it was from like 7 a.m. to 4:30. Um, yes, that sucked. But we're good. We're back. I was adjusting the central time. I knew we had a 7:30 start time, and it's 6:30 here, so <laughs> that was awkward. Oh, and then okay. uh, we're back. We're here. We're on. Um, ready to go. Dude, it sounds like we got uh, not weight cutting Jack this time because last time. Dude. Holy crap! Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man, I was not in the mood last time. I'm back. I'm in a good mood. You know, I'm happy to be here. I really probably was lying when I said that last time, but you know, we're here. Heck yeah, man. Well, last time I literally, for people that are listening, I literally got off afterwards and immediately asked Jack. I was like, "Dude, did I piss you off or something?" Like, well, okay, <laughs> let me give you some context of why I was mad. Yes. I freaking um, like was cutting weight. That sucks. Obviously, that's gonna lower your mood. But so you know, like the PS5 came out and stuff, right? Yep. So I ordered a PS5 and I got it. I freaking got it like right away. I want to say it was like the November 18th. So it was big because uh, the site like Walmart was crashing. And I, I got it. I was like, holy crap! I did it. Let's go. I like text all my friends like called everyone I knew. I was like, we got one. And um, super pumped. And uh, it was supposed to deliver November 25th. So a couple days. Yeah, Wednesday. It was that Wednesday. So um, I actually ordered it November 12th. So it was going to be like a two-week wait. I was like, fine, whatever. Um, and November 18th, I get an email from Walmart. Your order's been delivered. And so I live in an apartment complex where you have to go to the mail room and be like, hey, I have a package. They usually text you um, that you have one, and I didn't have a text. So I was like, hey, I think I might have a package, just big box, um, 1205, apartment number. And they were like, nah, you got nothing. And I was like, what do you mean I got nothing? <laughs> and uh, so I'm freaking freaking out, and they were like, well – you know, FedEx sometimes delivers their, their load in, in two days. You might get it tomorrow. Radio sounds for the next day. Radio sounds for the next day. Friday, I get a text from the place where I live, and they're like, hey, you got a FedEx package? And I was like, yeah, all this stress for nothing, let's go. And I didn't order anything else, so it had to be the PS5. So I go down there, and my mom accidentally ordered – Christmas presents for my nephews to my apartment and I was so devastated and so I was like all right chat <laughs> like super Man. pissed and um no it doesn't stop there and so I go and I'm like hey uh yeah these aren't mine whatever I call Walmart I'm like hey I need a refund like this is ridiculous 
can you like i know you're releasing it on tuesday can you just replace it they're like no um and we can't give you a refund because the estimated delivery date is the 25th and so it might deliver by then even though they already texted me and said it was delivered and so i freaking wait till tuesday where they're about to drop it at 8 p.m and they're like call us at 7:45, and we'll probably get to reserve you one call them at 7:45. they're like no we're not reserving you one like you have to try and get it again. I didn't get it again because they're impossible to freaking get. And then I didn't like, I had to wait another day after that to get my refund and finally got it. And just then that was the week of like the week after that was the week of um, whatever the RTC cup. So, yeah. Yeah. So did you actually like, do you have PS4 before? Yeah. Is PS5 like that much better or is there anything different? Yeah, I mean it's like the most powerful console ever and there's this one game that I really want to play and it's broken for the PS4 and you know, I just want it. I just want it really bad. Uh, it's, it's ridiculous at this point how badly I want it but this whole, the whole no- month of November is like it was it left a real bad taste in my mouth. All of 2020, that was fine until November 12th and on. And then 2020 really sucked. So 2020 didn't get bad for you until late November. Yeah, no, nothing was as bad as this. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing, nothing at all. Like March didn't suck. Um, Man, yeah, I mean, I am lucky that... I've sworn off buying any more video game stuff because I've such a damn addictive personality. Like I'll sit down in front of it and just be gone for the whole day. And so like, I just, I've stopped because I'm like, I'm not productive. Like I still have my PS4 and like every once in a while I'll pop it in and play Madden or something just to kind of like stress relieve. But like, I don't know, some people can handle it. Some people can't. And I just don't really think I am the person that handles it because I just veg out in front of it for way too long. So Yeah, I'll get into it and then I'll get really pissed off about something and then leave it for a week and then go back and usually yeah. it's just a burn time. You well, know, plus, relax. Plus I'm married, so I have a wife that's walking around the house and like wondering why I'm not doing other things. So Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit harder, but I uh, I still enjoy it. I think it's more f- for me now. It's more for like playing with friends. Like every once in a while, I'll just jump on, play with some friends, get off. Like I can't do the just me things anymore because it just destroys my life. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stay away from yeah, it. Yeah. But um, yeah, man. So we haven't talked since then. It's been a while. Uh, RTC Cup, uh, Tar Heel Wrestling Club. Everything happened in between last time we talked. So. Uh, there's a couple of things just to go over. First things first, uh, I lost two bets to you. We had three total bets, and I lost two of them. The other one didn't happen. We didn't see Paris Gable, so I guess we'll just call that one even. Uh, but I lost Gwiz versus Gable, and then I also lost Nation versus Nation versus Vito, technically twice. But yeah, I don't know if we're gonna count that twice. I think it counts as one. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'll let you off the hook, you know. Yeah, I mean, I was, I was hoping you'd let me off the hook for that one because counting the same thing twice, that would suck. Um, but, yeah, I mean, RTC Cup and the Tar Wrestling Club uh, both had events. They were awesome. I don't know if you got a chance to watch the Tar Heel one. 
Uh, obviously, you're at the RTC Cup. So I don't know if you wanted to say anything about the RTC Cup or your thoughts on Tarta Wrestling Club or anything like that. I was going to give you a, a chance to do that if you want to. Yeah, I thought the RTC Cup was ran really nice. I mean, they could have done some different things about their schedule. Like, we wrestled... Like, we weighed in, and then we were the first team to wrestle, and then we wrestled right after that. And it was like... And then we didn't wrestle again until 2 in the afternoon the next day, so we had 24 hours before our next match. It's like, if they're going to do something like this in the future... I think make it more strict on the weight classes or add like a 61 kilo because that's what it just ended up being. It was just 61 kilogram guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, from my perspective, um, and some guys got like eight hour wands, you know, so yeah. what's the point of even weighing in at that point? Um, but I think giving a little bit more break in terms of our first match. Like I wrestled Nation and then I wrestled Vito while I was still sweating for my Nation match. And I know that's like a weird complaint, but I think it just could have been a better schedule. I know that it benefited the fans a lot more because it was just like boom, 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 boom with sweet matches. So, yeah. I mean, whatever makes flow money at this point, because um, whatever helps flow helps wrestling in my opinion. Yeah. No, for sure. Um, I was wondering, what do you think? Obviously, you're there as a competitor, so it's you're, you're focused on yourself. But taking a step back, looking at it afterwards, what are your thoughts on maybe the the team dynamic and like did the best team win? Like, I, I don't know. What, what's your thoughts from a fan perspective of the results? Well, it's weird because like our team got fifth, right? So te- like we just didn't have a good second day because that first day we beat southeast rtc which i think they made the finals yeah they made the finals and we beat them like four two and matches didn't even go to criteria and then we wrestled cornell and sammy brooks pinned drew foster he absolutely stuck him flat as a pancake for like four seconds it would have been a folk style pin and the side judge wasn't watching the match like legitimately was just off in la la land screws us we lose the duel we get the second seed when we would have had the first seed and so we'd have been the third or fourth we'd have been at least fourth mm-hmm. and then you know have a crappy second day and end up getting fifth so it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna run it like a like i don't think that it should be the way it is um there's gonna be a better there's got to be a better setup in there uh whether it's a round robin between all the teams or I don't know. You have an eight-man bracket, do pools, and then just match up first, second, third, fourth. Because if you do it again like this, I'd suggest every team bring two guys, wrestle the weaker guy the first day, and then wrestle the stronger guy the second day because the first day didn't mean shit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's like like you said, it's fun from a fan perspective because we get to see all this wrestling the first day. It sets up, and even if this team did bad the first day, they could still win the damn thing, right? But I can 100% see how, from your perspective, that's kind of a pain in the butt because, yeah, I mean, you beat the team that got second, but, you know, you just had a maybe had a bad day or a bad match or a missed ref call, and it completely screws the team. So, especially when there's yeah. only six matches, you know? There's not a whole yeah. lot of leeway there for a mistake to happen. Um, 
I think that that was the coolest event, though, I think I've ever been a part of. Like, in terms of, like, duels are just more fun for everyone. Everyone involved, they're better. And then on top of that, I think if you put fans, like, allow fans in there, that should be a sold-out gym every time, uh, arena every time. Like, that would be sweet. Um, Have, like, a a big group in there. Maybe get some international guys in. You know, that could be a really, really big thing going on. Um, I mean, the, the caliber of opponents, just looking at the other pools, heavyweights. I mean, it was Paris, Gable, Gwiz, you know. Yeah, and that's so that's obviously what I wanted to ask about as far as wrestling. Like, there, there's all kinds of other stuff I want to get into tonight, so we're not going to, like, dive too deep into it. And I've been pretty bad at, like, going too slow. So um, I want to make sure we hit that, though, the, the heavyweights, because that was, for me, the takeaway of the RTC Cup was what all happened at heavyweight. And obviously we saw Gable finally get over the hump and beat Gwiz. Um, we saw gable not wrestle uh paris and then we saw paris beat gwiz the second time right he was actually beating him what eight to nothing the first time and then gwiz comes back and then the second time paris gets the w so it was i mean everything you could have wanted from a fan perspective from heavyweight so what did you think about it did you actually get to watch it when you were there or did you watch it later i didn't watch it there i watched it um i watched it like on my phone while it was happening um, but I mean, I think it's a changing of the guard. I think that's the only way you can put it. Um, I mean, I think Gwiz is in there for this year, but if, I mean, the way the Gable's getting better and Paris too, I mean, now I'm, I'm getting on the Paris train. I think he's the second best heavyweight in the country. I think he showed that, um, it just stinks that he's buying Gable. I don't. I don't see anyone beating him. Um, just the way that he handled it. I think he's just more wrestling savvy. Took you. Took you this long to get on the train. Make yeah. fun of me. I want, I want to know Seth Gross's opinion. I want to see what he thinks because he was on a team with Paris. So I wonder. I wonder what. Uh, <laughs> what do you think? We got to ask him. Um, um, what do you think yeah. about what do you think about Gable not wrestling Paris? I mean, why would he? He just I think he just wrestled Gwiz, right? The match before. Yeah. I I wanna Well, so here's my thing. Like, obviously I, I listened to, to Gable talk on, on Bash's podcast and he talked about basically I came there for one match. Uh, That was obviously Gwiz. And then the other thing he talked about was kind of setting up the suspense for the fans for later. Like, that was something that was also in his head. Was I mean, you know, he wants to go to the WWE and, like, that's, the you know, showmanship, all that kind of stuff's, like, is big for him. So I think he even kind of said it, like, basically me not wrestling him just makes it more enticing for fans to watch later during college. Um especially with this being his last year. He came out and said, like, it's my last year. I'm done after this year. Um, I don't know. Like, for me, Duke can do whatever the hell he wants, obviously. But, like, it just – he beat Gwiz, right? Awesome. Kudos to him. I I personally think after watching that go down, I mean, I 
I'm still a huge Paris fan, but like I think Gable's the dude to beat right now. I'm not gonna crown him, but I think he's the guy to beat, and he proved it. But I mean, I don't know. Like Gwiz goes out there and wrestles every single person they put in front of him, including a match right before Gable. So that's Gable, what I was just about to say. It's like you put Gwiz through the freaking meat grinder against Paris. He's down eight zero, and he comes back and texts him, scores eighteen points in a row. I mean, even my, like, just from my own perspective, like, I wrestled Nation, and then right after I wrestled Vito, I felt great the first period, and the second period was like, oh, man, I can't move my feet. And that's what I was talking about with the schedule. It's like, you could have gone every other or or have a little bit of spacing. Um, obviously, yeah. you want it for the fans go boom, boom, boom. In COVID, you want the same people. It just makes more sense for the same people to be in the gym at a certain time rather than packing all six teams in. And, and rotating even though that would have helped <laughs> you know yeah. no i agree uh, i mean i think that i think covid's the reason you know i think we don't have covid you go you know one pool the other pool back and forth yeah but yeah i i agree um yeah i mean you gotta think gwiz like even gwiz is lost to paris the next day it's like that first day he wrestled gable in paris like yeah, that's that's hard. That's hard. that's hard to ask of anyone. No yeah, matter who it is. And that's just that's my thing. Again, Gable won. Gable beat Gwiz, like n- literally taking nothing away. But he, the, I can't remember if that was his first match. I, I swear, I thought that he had a match before. I, I thought that he sat out before he wrestled Gwiz. Um, I'm pretty sure that's what happened. I'm pretty sure Gable sat out the first one and then wrestled Gwiz the second one. That would that would make sense. It would have probably been Gopher versus Wolfpack. No, Gopher versus Cliff Keen first. You think? I think maybe. I'm checking right now. I think so because I'm pretty sure that was the deal. Was like he sat out his first match and then wrestled Gwiz. Um, because I. Th- I th- I can't remember the order they went in, but I thought that Gwiz wrestled Paris after. Uh, but I'm no, I'm probably wrong on that one. But either way, yeah, I mean, my my deal is that Gwiz went out there, wrestled everybody they put in front of him, and took his results as he got them, as he earned them. And Gable kind of sat it out and just waited for one match against Gwiz and and then didn't wrestle Paris. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Kind of suck from a fan perspective. Yeah. But. Um, one second. Especially after seeing Paris, man. Paris, that's that's why I've been on the Paris train. I just think he looks better every single time. Every time he steps on the mat, he's better than he was before. Yeah. But so does Gable. So. Yeah. No, true. Let's see. Um. It's an interesting race. It's like, I think that Paris is honestly closing the gap where I don't think that Gable will run through him anymore. I just don't know if he'll ever catch him. My thing too is, that makes sense. I can see, I don't know. I, I mean, I don't, I think it's always an interesting wrinkle when you have a guy that's not 100% into wrestling. Uh, Gable's, obviously wanting to win a gold medal wanting to win this and that but like he also is very vocal about wwe and like 
moving on to that kind of stuff. And I'm wondering, I don't know. Wolfpack versus Gopher was the last match of the night. Okay. Yeah. And Cliff Keen with Wolfpack was right before it. Yeah. Okay. So I was wrong. But get, uh, Gwiz wrestled Paris first and then wrestled Gable. Yeah. And then uh, uh, Gable sat out that first match before Gwiz. So yes. he could have wrestled Paris before and it'd been the same deal. But um, I don't know. I mean, I just think I'm really interested to see it in both styles, but especially. I don't know. I want to say especially folk style, but I don't know. I, I definitely think Gables do. I don't know. I'm trying to think because I feel like Paris might be better at freestyle. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he in that first match especially, when he when he got up 8-0 on Gwiz, like, he was just picking him apart. And then obviously, you know, Gwiz came back. But... And then demoralized. Yep. But, all right, so we could talk too long about that. The whole deal yeah. is, I think Paris is the guy to beat now. I mean, Gable's the guy to beat now, and Paris is legit. Uh, Gwiz is right there with him, but, you know, he's going to have to do something to, you know, to beat those guys. Yeah. Um, all right, so RTC Cup was awesome. Tarla Wrestling Club, did you get to see any of that at all? No, I just, like, heard about, like, Nestor's match and Mitch's match and uh, O'Connor's match. Dude. <laughs> Which, uh, that dude is a scary mother freaker. That's for sure. I I want to change my pick, man. I think 149 National Champ is going to come down to Sammy Sasso and Austin O'Connor. I Who hope so. Pick? And if it does, I... Sorry, it's, it's O'Connor. I, I think in, if you ask me especially after seeing what he did to Dean Heil, if it's anybody but Yanni, and obviously we won't have Yanni this year, I just, I don't see anybody beating him. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think Sasso is a tough test. I think Boo Llewellyn's a tough test if he's healthy. I think, uh, I mean, there's gotta be some more guys. I mean, I'm not discounting any of those other guys. They're obviously great. I just like, dude. The way that Austin O'Connor wrestled that match is just like, it was just another level. Him, just pecking him. But you got to think Dean Howe also got teched by Kavon uh, Davenport. So it's like. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I just. It's a terrible matchup for anyone because he's a, he's crazy. <laughs> like, yeah. that pace is insane. And it's just like a machine. And, Front head's uh, legit, dude. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it's, it's ridiculous. He. <sighs> Well, I, I think one of the things that I like so much about him, too, was that he, uh, when they asked him, when the coaching staff asked him who he wanted to wrestle, he said, give me somebody I'm not supposed to beat. He said, I, I want somebody that everybody counts me out against. And, I mean, they gave him a two-time national champ and came out and teched him. I think it was like 11 to nothing or something like that. Uh, okay, here are the current rankings. The top five is Sasso, O'Connor, Mahler, Llewellyn, Brayton Lee. Man, I think it's either O'Connor or Sasso. Like I said, I don't know. And for people listening, we're talking about NCAA season. So, yeah, I I don't know. Like, what's your your take on that Sasso-O'Connor match? Because for me, I just – I didn't see out of Sasso last year – like, 
I think he's he's clearly top three, four guy. But I, I just don't – I didn't see enough to beat what O'Connor looks like right now. Uh, I mean, Sasso's on a – I think he's got the technical advantage over O'Connor. Um, he looked really good at RCC Cup. I think that he's a guy to freaking watch out for, for sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was also what, what was he like a, a freshman last year? So you got to take that with a grain of salt too. Yeah. How much people grow from that freshman to sophomore year, one year of like an eligibility year under your belt. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, the, a couple of other matches real quick from there. And then I want to move on is, uh, you said, um, the, the fine silver match, right? Obviously your teammate, he ended up getting the win. Uh, Mitch fine silver Kennedy Monday. That was in my opinion, that was the best match of the entire card. And if you only got to watch one match, I would tell you to watch that one. Um, because it was just completely back and forth, crazy wild match. You know, at one point, they both guys did like a double cartwheel out of bounds, which I have no idea how it was scored at all. But um, yeah. the ref gave uh, gave Monday four, and it like immediately you could see uh, Jesus, I'm losing your coach's name. Kendall. Okay, yeah, you could see Coach Cross, Kendall Cross, run out and like start to argue, and then stop and went like, no, it's okay, keep going, keep going. Like, I think he realized, like, that Mitch was just in the zone and it didn't freaking matter. Just keep going. Like, I think, yeah. I mean, Kennedy starts off really hot. Um, like, even against Evan Wick, I think he got up 5 0 recently in Wisconsin's card. And, um, you know, Mitch has a gas tank that I really haven't seen on anyone else. So when you when he can take people into deep water, it's it's scary thing, you know. Uh, sure. Well, I mean that, that match was just so awesome, man. I mean, it came down literally to literally the last second. I mean, they're on the edge, and Mitch is down by one, I think, and he ends up getting the takedown literally with one second left. I mean, it mm-hmm. was just an incredible match. And then uh, Coleman Scott's walking to the table like trying to argue and uh mitch looked at him and goes there was one second left or time wasn't out or something like that uh, <laughs> i thought it was funny because he like looked he right at coach <laughs> yeah you gotta ask him about that he's like i know i think he said uh time wasn't out is what he said or something like that but he like said it right to coleman scott um, that's funny yeah and so that it was cool man it, it was really cool i had a good time uh commentating with earl uh, that was a really cool yeah. experience because I'd never done it before. And the very first match, I'm so glad that there was a, a, a pre-card or whatever you call it um, because I got the kinks out that time. When uh, the very first match started, I was supposed to start talking first, right? Earl, like, announces them. And then as he's walking back, I'm, I, you know, I kind of start talking. And, dude, I just blanked. I just sat there and was like, oh, my God, there's, like, people listening to this. This is crazy. And uh, Earl sat down, started talking, and looked at me and laughed. And then I started going, so we were good. Yeah. <laughs> but we got clicking by the end. It was fun. All right. Um, but, oh, real quick before we move on to, to the next thing. At the end of that, they announced, obviously, there's another Tyler Wrestling Club event coming up on the 8th of January. Uh, and it's not yet 
confirmed, but it's pretty. It's looking pretty likely that we're going to see Yanni O'Connor. What's your thoughts on that one, yeah. Freestyle? Yeah, it's Yanni. As good as O'Connor is, I mean, it's Yanni till otherwise. Especially after Yanni's win over James Green. He's just, uh, he's very, very good. Yeah. It's no, going gonna, gonna to be a world beater to beat him. I agree. I, I mean, I really want to see it. I hope it happens because I, I would really love to see it and just see where O'Connor stacks up freestyle because I think we're we're pretty comfortable knowing where he is on folk style. Um, but, I mean, we, we haven't seen – the only thing freestyle we've seen of him in the last forever has been him teching Dean Heil 11 and nothing. So, you know, he could come out and give Yanni a, a crazy good match or he could come out and get teched in the first period. And, like, honestly, I, I don't know what to think. So, um I just would be yeah. interested to see what kind of a match he gives Johnny. Yeah, I don't think it's tech, but I think it's like a four or five point win. Um, pretty dominant. O'Connor gets maybe a push out or two um, yeah. if he scores. Maybe maybe a quick takedown in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but I don't see him getting him tired. I don't see him. I don't see him turning him, and to take Yanni down more than once would be like a record. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm I right think there with you. Win, he's going to have to take him down more than once because he's not going to turn him. I'm right there with you. I think he gets one takedown. Um, I don't know if he gets a step out. Like, dude, I, after seeing Frank Molinero run Yanni to the circle and him somehow stay in on one foot, like, I, I don't know if it's possible to push him out of the circle. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can see O'Connor getting a takedown, but I think, I think Yanni, um, takes advantage of a couple exposures. I just think that Yanni's so far and above where O'Connor would need to be for just like scrambling situations. Um, so I think that's really where he kind of turns the score up in that match if we see it. But who knows? Um, okay, a couple other ones before we jump into this tomorrow deal. Uh, Gross, our man Gross, Seth Gross, took out Thomas Gilman. Uh, what were your thoughts on that match and... You know, just how do you feel about that match in general and how it affects the trials? I think Seth's a really good matchup for Gilman. Um, I think that Seth's very good at counter offense, very good at scoring from when someone's in on your leg. And Gilman just shot the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and Seth capitalized on it. I think that the roughing was a little bit interesting on in some places. And, uh, I mean, you, you work with what you're given and Seth got the dub and that's, that's what we wanted. Right. You know, I'm, uh, I'm always rooting for my dude. So, yeah. uh, congrats to him for sure. But I think that that's a good matchup for him. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was an awesome match. I mean, it delivered it was everything we wanted, but I think the big takeaway for me was that the, uh, the grounding calls or the grounding rule, whatever, uh, like Cliff said on Twitter, is white hot trash. Um, it, dude, you gotta you gotta have some sort of like, like maybe you can't go to your knees in zone or something. If you go to your knees in the zone, then then it can't be grounding or like like it. There's got to be more of a rule. Yeah. If you, I don't know. Or if you're on your knees for three seconds before you go out of bounds, then it's grounding. But if you like drop your knees in zone and then go out of bounds that should be a push out <laughs> yeah 
It's like, well, it's just hard because like the referee knows that that's what the wrestlers are doing, but like you can't be like subjective about it. It's just the rules are the rules. Um, I don't know. I, I needs to be changed somehow because it's crap. But you know, you got if you're wrestling now, that's the rule. So take advantage of it. Um, I'm over the rule change, man. Though we need we need a solid rule set, and yep. it just needs to stick because. I mean, freestyle wrestling since I've been alive has been freaking a one five minute period, two th- or three three or three twos with uh, winning a period, and then there's a ball grab, and then there's uh, there was like a seven point tech one year just out of nowhere, and then it was like it just, <laughs> pick a like let let the fan let, let the casual fans understand what's going on. Yeah, because. Well, I mean- no one's gonna. No casual fan's gonna go in and read the rule book and be like, "Oh yeah, let's, that's that's right, yeah, okay." They're gonna freaking just go with what they know and be like, "How is that not a point? How can that guy do that?" That's for the folk style fans. They're gonna go, "That's stalling," and not understand that if you even if you're shooting on the outside and your butt's towards the edge, you're the one that's actually stalling. You're the one that's passive. The one that's in the middle of the mat is the one that's pushing the action. And they are in control of the match. So even though the other guy is shooting him out, shooting him 20 to zero, it means nothing because that's not how freestyle rules work. But the casual fan doesn't know that. Yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know what we can do, but, um, Oh, the only other thing, the only thing that I wanted to say about that Gilman match was, um, I mean, for obvious reasons, but seeing Gilman get frustrated, I don't know if we've seen that, like, at least for a while like he's pretty you know an intense guy but to see him actually get frustrated and like visibly like upset with with what was going on i think that was something that we i might not have seen from him yet um but i mean obviously you know you're in the field too so it's hard to ask you about 57 sometimes but um what do you you think it does anything for trials as far as these two guys are concerned do you now look at at one I mean, obviously, I don't think these things should affect seating or anything like that, but, like, did it affect anything for trials for you? And it's a hard question to ask you. I don't know. You know, it's hard to say because I don't know how Seth's going to be at 1.25 two hours before. Yeah. Um, and then with Gilman, I've always kind of looked at him the same because he doesn't really add anything to his game i mean you know gilman is he's the guy that you don't want to draw <laughs> you know he's yeah. like like obviously i want to wrestle him just because i want i want that notch on my belt i want to i want to beat thomas gilman that would be a sick win but at the same time it's like all right i'm gonna have to mentally prepare for a war yeah and um i don't think that match changed anything about that what it did change about Seth was like, okay, he can, I know he teched Tomasello, which is amazing, right? But um, he is, he's in that top tier too. Um, so I'm gonna have to look at him like a, like a top tier 25 pounder, um, no matter how I think the weight cut will affect him. Yeah, um, and the only other thing was that I just thinking of was, uh, did you see the Hawkeye? Re- well, you're not on Twitter anymore. Um, but the Hawkeye Wrestling Club, right after that match, 
posted a picture of Spencer Lee, and it was like this, you know, uh, you know that picture of him with his like mouthpiece where he's like aggressive looking. I don't know, but um, I couldn't. I didn't know if they did it because Gilman gave him crap earlier. Or if it yeah, was, yeah, Gilman got mad at him. Yeah, or if it was like everybody's like, "Oh my God, Seth Gross just beat Thomas Gilman!" Like Seth Gross, Seth Gross, and then they're like, "We still got this guy." Um, so I don't no, know which it way. It was passive aggressive for sure. You think it was Zach Gilman? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, yeah, because I was like, dude, like, it it kind of irritated me a little bit. I mean, I get that if if that's what it was, but the first thing in my mind was. Uh, was them kind of trying to say, oh, we still got a better guy over here. Um, because I thought, my thought was, I, I know a lot of people have reached out about wrestling Spencer, and he doesn't wrestle anybody. The only time we've seen him wrestle was a guy that everyone knew he was going to tech. So He's very, he picks and chooses his spots very carefully. Well, it's just like, if you're not going... I think, I mean, look at guys in the UFC. Khabib fights once a year. No, I mean, I'm, I'm cool with that. I think it's a good thing to do. But my thing is, like, if you're going to be so selective and pick and choose your spots that much and, like, basically not wrestle, then maybe don't, like, Twitter troll, you know? Like, if I'm out here wrestling everybody, okay, go for it. But, like, you know, he only wrestled once during COVID, and it was a dude that everybody knew he was going to beat up on. So, like, yeah. really? Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm stupid, but... Um, one more thing, 150 pound bracket. Uh, what did, what were your thoughts from that? Did, were there any like risers or fallers for you in that one? I mean, the obvious choice is Pan- Pantelio. I mean, that guy's he's there for sure. You know, um, I think his his peak will be national team just because of how that weight class is. But, uh, you know, looking at J.O., like, I don't know. Where where does he go from here? I bet that's a, a daunting experience right before a trial. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see him back on the mat soon um, with another guy because that he probably won't want that to be his last competition before trials. Yeah. Um, Bajrang's freaking good, huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> people are talking about his snaps, but I'm not really as impressed with his snaps as I am with his pressure. The guy, like James Green, couldn't get his feet set for a shot, and the times that he did take him down, it was Bajrang trying to do an inside trip from a front headlock, and then uh, he fell off balance another time, and so James Green t- took him apart there. I think that if Anything in America, other than the Pantaleo freaking being a rising star and, you know, on the way to being really, really freaking good, James Green is a, he can do 65 kilos. Yeah. He's exciting um, just to throw him in the mix because I think he's going to handle it a lot better than he did in 2016. And he has a chance to make the team. Um, so that's really cool the, to add another guy in there that, that has a legitimate shot at making it. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, well, especially with what we saw from J.O., right? Not, I mean, you got, I don't know how to take that match because Pantelio has looked great recently. Um, and then, like, so was it how good Pantelio was or was it a bad day for 
Jo, like who knows? Um, but I mean, Jo's that top tier at sixty five with Zane and Yanni. So um, I think Green's right there with him. Like you said, my my question, my biggest question for it was, I know that I heard somewhere that Pantelio was going back up, or he was going. I think he's a seventy, right? But I think that he had kind of made that decision like 65 is not for me. Um, or it's just kind of too much of a cut. I mean, it makes sense because he was 57 in college and 65 is what, 143? Um, I mean, that's stupid. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that that would not be something he'd want to do. When, in fact, like his senior year, I think in college, he tried to go 49 and did it for like a week and then didn't, and then opted out because it was just kind of ridiculous. At this point, what do you think? Like, do you look at your results and be like, screw it, let's give it a shot? Or is it just that, like, it, it's too much? I don't know. I would, yeah, I mean, you look at 74, you're just like, yeah. I mean, you can't go 74. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like the only option is 65. Um, but if he can't make it, he can't make it, you know? And you got to go 74 and get experience and just do 70 in the non-Olympic years. What about this? So I, I don't know. You probably know way more than me because I haven't heard anything, but are they having a non-Olympic? They're, they're having a world championships. Like a, a legit. Yeah, so they're going to have 2021 Olympics in August, and then they're going to have a world championships in like October, November. Okay. So they're gonna have two, like they're gonna have an Olympic champion and a world champion at every weight. I mean, every Olympic weight and then the four non-Olympic weights. Well, so I'm wondering for him, like in this situation he is like, I, I would, I want so badly to see the dude go 65, right? But I just, I don't see it. Like I, I, I don't see him getting down there and being healthy. Like you, you gotta think too, We've, when we've seen him do this the last couple of weeks and beat these really good dudes, it's at plus three kilos, right? So it's, you know, seven pounds higher than he would be. Um, I mean, I mean, well, well, the RTC Cup was one forty nine, so I mean, whatever, six pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I just, um, I don't know, you know. It's... Well, see, that's that was the, that's what I heard. I heard after the RTC Cup that he had kind of decided it's it's too low right and then he got the call from Flo when mckenna went out and so i mean hell why not it's for money like we can make it happen um i don't know i mean I, i'm not there i don't know but i would love you to see you can't make it yeah and, and I so well at 74 kilos but i mean we'll see Jordan my thing. burrows and kyle dake and isaiah martinez is my thing is, if if he can't make sixty five, do you think it's? Is there any way that he just says screw it, let's just train for seventy and go world championships all the way this year? No, you got to try. You got to try for. I mean, get that experience. You got to try. Yeah, might as well throw it in the hat at, at seventy four and just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the most likely thing that happens because I just I can't see him getting down that that far, but. I really hope so. <laughs> um, Dude, he's a contender. Yep. That's All right, so let's move on. Um, we're going to hit these two events that are coming up tomorrow night. If you're listening in, uh, hopefully you're listening in before this happens. Um, 
we are we're live on Rockfin right now, so a couple people are at least listening. We have the Pit Wrestling Club with their first ever uh, event tomorrow night, and then we also have the Nitty Lion Wrestling Club versus the Wolfpack RTC or Wolfpack R- Wrestling Club, whichever one they go by. Um, and so let's just go ahead and, and get over to that. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to go to the Pit Wrestling Club, uh, the first event. Uh, if you're following along with us uh, on the video on Rockfin, then you can see. Uh, we actually have the matches up here that you can follow along with. Looking at this, again, I get I get really bad. I'm trying to get better, so I'm not going to get bogged down with every single matchup. Um, but what are your, your big matches to watch from this card? Um, You know, it's got to be Mickey and Mickey Philippi and Ethan Lezak, just because both these guys, I mean, Lezak's actually pretty good at freestyle. He's, got, he's very good on top. But Mickey doesn't really have the freestyle experience. So I want to see if he has tried to make leaps and bounds in it or if he just stuck to folk style this season. Because when he was at UVA, he was not a fan of freestyle at all. And if you're not a fan, you're just not a fan. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I mean, amazing folk style wrestler. uh, And he can can be really good at freestyle too. He just got to, you know, want to be or believe in himself. I think that was big as a teammate's perspective on, on Mickey was whenever he started believing in himself, it, he was amazing. And I think that's why like the pit move was great because he was with his family. He could lift him up and stuff. And um, we'll see. We'll see. I'm going on a rant here, but I think that's the match to watch. It's going to be a cool style matchup. Uh, Lezak made a junior world team um, a while ago, and, and so that'll be fun. Yeah. Um, I think – I mean, the whole card is is pretty good. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, another one that I want to see is Greg Harvey, CJ Brucky. Um, Brucky has been wrestling like a madman at like every single card that will possibly have him. Um, and he's he's fun to watch, man. He's a dude that goes out there and just lets it fly the entire time. Um, so I mean, he, he's really fun to watch. And then Greg Harvey obviously has done pretty well for himself at Pitt. And so... Just be good to see, you know, him match up with with a guy like Brucky that, you know, had over a hundred wins at Central Michigan when he was in college. Um, also, yeah. Yeah, Nina yeah, Bonacorsi. Yeah. Nina Bonacorsi. He's going to be up a weight now, um, so just kind of seeing maybe a bigger Nino and see how he's moving and how he's wrestling. Is, uh, is Stefanik a eighty uh, four pounder? Stefanik, yeah, he's a. Uh, I think he was the eighty four for Princeton last year. So okay, I don't know if they're. I don't know what weight it's at. Doing a calculator or something. Yeah, I don't no think Nino is a huge one ninety seven pounder. Yep. Um, but I I know that it was okay. like it was a pretty good cut for him last year at the beginning. Um, I think he kind of like settled into it later in the year, but I heard that it was rougher to get him down. Um, and I guess this kind of was something that's maybe been thought about for a little while now. And moving up all right i've got a question for you and maybe we can do a a show later this week about about it because i think it's a pretty cool concept and this has nothing to do with this card i'm going on a tangent i'm sorry for everyone listening sorry to jacob because he's the run he's the boss but if you had to match up jo with a with a, a build-up guy a guy before before the trials before whatever to get his confidence up run through him but like test his skills who would it be 
put him on a card with who's a good matchup for JL after this or, or after this bracket. I think I have my pick. Um, but I'll let you think about it for a second. I'll pull up the international rank or the the uh, domestic rankings too, so you can yeah. have a sense. I mean, I don't know. I I think a lot of those dudes that were on the flow bracket would be good. Um, I mean, you know, he hit Pantelio the first round, and um, I mean, I also want to point out last week when I talked on here with Jason Bryant, that was the one that I said to watch out upset alert. Uh, I thought that Pantaleo could definitely win it. Um, if we're talking about J.O., kind of a tune-up match, I don't know, kind of coming to mind, I would, I'd would i like to see him with with Ashnault. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think... That's a good one. That's think, a good one. I think Ashnault looked really good. I mean, he just ran into to Bajarang. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I'd like to see him with, with Ashnault. I, I also wouldn't mind seeing him with Henderson. I know those are the two dudes that actually wrestled each other the first round, but Henderson's also looked really good lately right yeah yeah yeah. that was a fun first so round matchup pick, my pick is a uh, uh, joey mckenna okay because joey mckenna is a guy that was on the national team um top three in the country and jo ran through him so he's a guy that he's beaten i know that he's already beaten him so he wouldn't really be having to change anything up or um, whatever, but it's it's a guy that he knows he can be build that confidence and, and go into the into the trials. Another guy who I just thought of was uh, freaking Ironman. Yeah, I mean, Ironman just beat Lotto Kinchkishvili. Yeah, um, so he's got to be feeling good about that, and and uh, that could be a build up match, you know. But I think that's a cool concept, um, giving guys that just came out of competition who who would be a good matchup on a card for them. So. Oh, this is uh, so we're off on a side tangent here, but uh, I just thought when you brought up Ironman's name with the eligibility this year, do we see Ironman as a Hawkeye for two years? Do you think? Heck yes, that guy's not leaving. He yeah. loves Iowa. If you follow him on Instagram, he is all about Iowa. I freaking love it. I think it's hilarious. Um, yeah. you know, I'm I mean, I don't think it's hilarious in like laughing at him way, I think it's hilarious and and that it's cool that he has so much school pride already you know okay. so i think that especially a non-covid year he's gonna want to be in carver all those guys are we're not gonna see those guys leave early he can leave he can graduate as a five-time all-american that's pretty dope that's wild <laughs> pretty um, sweet yeah all right so yeah we definitely should talk about that sometime for sure uh, but for the pit wrestling card um i just want to to kind of make sure that we wrap that up i think the other one we're probably gonna talk a little bit more about um, but the pit card, I believe, starts at 6 p.m. tomorrow night on Rockfin. So go head over there and, and subscribe. Pit Wrestling Club, NLWC, yeah, NLWC, Wolfpack, whatever, whichever one you're you're wanting to support, subscribe over there. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- there's a bunch of good matches. I'm excited. Luke Pletcher, Dave Habit, um, that's the main event, and I don't know, like. I mean, I'm excited to see it because I like both of these dudes, but I don't know. I don't know what we're gonna get with that one. You have any thoughts on the on the main? Earth to Jack. Um, I don't know. Dave Havitt uh, has been on the freestyle scene for a lot longer than Pletcher, 
And just from what I saw in the senior nationals, like Fletcher just has a little bit more learning to do before he's going to be a real um, world beater and, and a guy that we talked about on the on the national scene. Um, but this could be a match. This could be a big stepping stone for him. Um, but right now, I'd say I'd favor Habit a little bit. I don't know his training situation. Um, but I think that this could be like the moment that Fletcher um, takes that step as a, as a freestyler. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would definitely be a good one for him. Um, all right. So we're going to, are we ready to put a bow on this one and move on? Yeah. Cool. All right. 6 PM tomorrow night, pit wrestling club, Rockfin. Check it out. It's going to be awesome. Uh, but there is another one on Rockfin going on at the same time. So if you're smart, maybe pull up two monitors or something. Um, let's pull up this next one. So we're going to roll through first. There was, I think there's actually 20 matches that were announced for the NLWC versus Wolfpack Wrestling Club um, to, to kind of start it off. And then, of course, we have our, our main kind of uh, matches later, and we'll spend most of the time talking about those main ones. Um, but if you're watching, again, on on Rockfin, then you can see uh, the actual matches up here. Uh, are there any matches that stick out to you from this, like, kind of... I don't know how they're doing it because they, they have the like main like five or six matches that they put graphics out about and then they have this other card and so like i assume the main ones are going to be later and then these are kind of like the pre prelims or something i don't know Anything um bergy i think is interesting just because i want to see how how much bergy's progressed um i like the idea of watching jolie wrestle again because he can be a guy that could step in in that 165 spot and, and be a hammer. And then Nick Renan, Michael Beard is a rematch from Prep Nationals a long time ago. And um, I'd like to see Nick at, at a healthy 201. Um, I think that's good for him. And um, he's a buddy of mine. He grew up a freaking block away from me um, down in Dallas. So we've been friends for a long time, like watching him wrestle. And then anytime Kirk Vliet steps on the mat, I'm watching um, because he's an animal. Yeah. And same with Starochi after he he uh, he beat Marsteller. So, dude, I mean, he's a killer. Yeah, I uh, it's got freaking. I don't know. They eat their Wheaties every morning or something. Yeah. So <laughs> good. Rolling through. I mean, the ones that stick out to me, um, Nick Lee, Tariq Wilson. I, I think is going to be uh, is an intriguing matchup when you think about it. I mean. I think Nick Lee's obviously the favorite here, and more than likely it ends with a Nick Lee Tech. I think he's just that damn good. I think he's, you know, depending on how you, you tier 65 kg, I think he's, you know, second tier, third tier, like right behind these really elite guys at 65 kg. Um, and I think, you know, in a couple of years, devoted 100% to freestyle, he'll be right there with him. Um, Tariq mm -hmm. Wilson's just a dude that, like, I mean, he's the definition of hot and cold. Like, the dude can go out there and beat the top guys in the country, and then he can go out there and lay a stinker. So, I mean, it just depends on who we see from him. I hope we see uh, Tariq at 100%. If we do, I think it'll be a fun match. Um, he's uh, he's very good. Um, I just don't think we've seen that 133 spring from him since that tournament. Yeah, um, but if he could like dig deep and get that Tariq Wilson out, 
uh, he's a he's a competitive match for anyone. Yeah. I think that we're going to see a lot of this in the future. These these cards with guys that people may not notice or recognize. Um, oh shoot, I didn't even see Bo Bo Bartlett. That's my boy. Um, I love watching him. He's a killer too. Yeah. Um, but I think we're going to see a lot of this. Uh, Coleman hinted at it where where they're going to do the duel and then um, have like a, a round robin the day after or something, so that all the guys can get matches because there's not going to be any opens this year because of COVID. So yeah. um, we're going to see a lot of guys getting matches that we wouldn't normally see in a, in a North Carolina state scene, but in a Penn state scene. But so it's going to be good. It's going to be cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, another one, actually another one that, that stood out to me, maybe not for most people, but uh, Ed Scott and then Ed Scott's wrestling. Is it Terrell Barraclaw or Terrell, however you say his name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, wrestled at one of the Nitty Line wrestling events, and I can't remember who he wrestled. But he, he wrestled. Beat you. Who is he beat it? Beat you. Crazy match. Yeah. Okay. How um, American. Yeah, he's good. I, I, the Bear Claw guy. He, he, whoever the hell he is, I, I haven't heard anything about him until he's that match. Guy. I think it said that. Yeah. But yeah. No, I think he's he's fun to watch, man. He. He just kept shoot just in and enough so that we were all on the edge of our seat. But he kind of, I think that he knew he was in charge, but uh, but he let him in and then and then he give the lead and then he let him back and then he give the lead. <laughs> Dude, that was such a fun match and I didn't expect it. Like that was one of the ones where it came on and I was like, all right, cool, let's go get a drink right now. And you know, you come back and like by the end of the match, I'm like, holy crap! Like, can this guy fit into the lineup somewhere? Like, he's good, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I know, right? I mean, what what weight is, are they? They're forty nine. So I think all of these are plus four. Um, I mean, two eighty five. That's just heavyweight. Could, <laughs> that's for clearing for Penn State. So like, could we see Veraclaw this year? I mean, I think it's definitely possible. Depends. I, I guess it depends. But uh, I think this will be a good matchup though, because for mm-hmm. NC State fans, uh, Ed Scott's good. And he had a very, very good career. I think he's a PA kid. Is a he's a two-time state champ, I believe, in PA. Um, won a bunch of other national tournaments that I can't remember right at the moment. Um, but they're in the article I wrote for the preview for this. Um, but he is another guy that I was really excited when I watched the wrestle-offs for NC State. I don't know if you got to see those. But I said in uh, my, my lineup preview a couple months ago, watch out for ed scott at 49 he's listed on the roster at 57 but when they had the eligibility deal come down i was like Hydley's not going anywhere so watch ed scott go down because he's a really really highly rated recruit um and we could see him and he went 49 for the wrestle-offs and beat lighten so um I oh wow he, they've already had the wrestle-offs yeah ed scott beat okay. lighten and the he beat everybody in the wrestle-offs so he uh so who's the starter i would assume I would assume. I mean, it's not like a. That's usually how it works. That's usually how it works. I mean, he beat everybody, so I, I would think so. Um, but <laughs> hey, you don't know, man. This is a crazy year. Um, it's 2020. Like, they could start me right now. Um, it wouldn't surprise many people if they just. Who knows? Um, we got 10 days. Yeah. 10 so days you... of 2020. Oh, dude. And then I was... it just. It all changes once 2021 comes, right? Oh, yeah. That's what everyone's working like. It's all good. We'll be walking around. The we'll tax off. As soon as 2021 hits, baby. Yeah. Woo! Dude. <laughs> um, 
but I am excited because I actually talked to Garland this week. Next week, uh, me and you are going to get to sit down and preview actual college duels. Uh, with Garland? Uh, maybe. I don't know. We can't. I just talk, I was just talking well, to him about the schedule. Nice, but, uh... <laughs> I was just talking to him about the schedule. I, he, I, I doubt he'd want to do that. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. No. I don't think so. But I'm saying we're, we're actually not this weekend, but next weekend going to have college duels. So at least ACC duels. Um, but yeah. All right. So wow. Heidly Burger, you mentioned, I'm interested to see that one too. Um, but I just, for me, I mean, I know he's had a lot of injuries, right. And he's very good, but I, he just hasn't lived up to the hype yet. Right. And again, due to the concussions, right. Like definitely. if, he, if he's a hundred percent, he's very good. I don't think he's at a Hydley level. I think Hydley's possibly the guy to beat at 157. I mean, he's in that that group of three or four guys with Deacon and Carr, but Bergie's a guy that I think could be an All-American. Um, and yeah. a healthy Bergie's, you know, scary. He he beat Austin O'Connor in best two out of three at, at junior trials uh, two years yeah. ago, year ago. So, like, he's a guy that was at the Junior World Championships and got – concussed he went to the hospital and then after that he was injured all year so let's i'm just hoping that he's healthy because he's a guy he's a contender um for a high all-american spot i don't think he can i don't think he can beat highly but you know who knows they eat their wheaties at penn state (laughs) yeah they do that um yeah i mean i i'm interested to see it but i just think that they're on different levels and i don't know we'll see i mean kale doesn't pick his matchups lightly so maybe he knows something we don't um but the the, the one right below it though kind of all right so like you calmed me down a lot when i first saw this i texted to you for people listening i texted to jack and i was like dude what the hell like there's so many missed opportunities for awesome matches here um but jack calmed me down and made me realize this isn't just about the fans this is obviously about you know the coaches and the teams getting their their matchups in and and getting good matchups for, for their guys to tune them up for the college season. Um, but this one still puzzles me like Joe Lee versus uh, Tyler Barnes. Dude, Joe Lee just absolutely freaking destroyed. Uh, who was that? The, the last event, whoever it was, was, was good. <laughs> um, oh man. Jeez. I think it was like, was it Zach Hartman? I think. Oh yeah, that was it. That yeah. Was it. Exactly. And I mean, Joe Lee just comes out and like pins him in like thirty seconds and absolutely just destroyed him. Like it was, like he might have got arrested in several states for what he did to Zach Hartman. Um, oh, it, it was bad, dude. It was really bad. Um, and, and so like this one kind of puzzled me, where I was like, all right, well, I mean, I like I get like Joe Lee's gonna beat up on somebody else, but like. I don't know who's getting better in this one. Um, Cause I think Joe Lee's a legit all American contender at 65. Um, but who knows then the next one, uh, Daniel Bullard and Carter Storacci. Um, first of all, I'm effing psyched that I got Carter Storacci on my fantasy team, my dynasty team. We did our dynasty draft last week. Um, and he fell to me at pick like four or something. So I have five years of Carter Straki on my fantasy team that I'm freaking stoked about. Um, but him and Daniel Bullard, I think will be cool because I was telling you in, in a 
you know, texting before, like, we know Starocki's legit, and, like, the dude literally could be a national champion this year, right? I, I think he's that good. Um, and I think Daniel Bullard is, is a guy that hasn't been able to get on the podium yet, but, I, like, I definitely think he's, like, a six, seven, eight guy this year i think he's right there uh i think he's getting an all-american done this year um so i think it's just it'll be a good measuring stick to kind of see exactly where staraki is because i think that daniel bullard's an all-american contender this year so what do you think about it i don't know i feel like i haven't seen the bullard twins progress um since they've been in college um i could be wrong I just felt like they were always like at that 16 mark. I'm looking at the rankings now, though. You know, some people leave. Yeah, see, he's ranked 12 right now. But I mean, I don't see this this class super top heavy. But Flo um, also hasn't updated their rankings in a while, and I'm pretty sure at 74 they have Miles Amin, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. They, I mean, there, there's several dudes in there that aren't even going to be in there. I mean, Miles Amin's projected to be a 97. So, oh, wow. yeah, because he's apparently not wanting to cut and just kind of, you know, keep his weight where he wants it for, you know, Olympics. Who wouldn't want to go 197? Um, <laughs> it's pretty weak. Yeah. For um, it's, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I, I, I think Stroke is on a different level. Um, I think that, especially if a means out, that's a dude that's looking at top, top four top three yeah um you know i think he's the only guy in there that can challenge a kimmerer because mm-hmm. if it means out then it's labriola romero valencia Soroki. um and i think he's the only one that can really push kimmerer i'm telling you man like just after watching him on these these cards and um i don't remember who the first person he dismantled was but that match with Marsteller. I mean, that was a good... it was Skatska and then Marsteller. Uh, he tech tech pinned. I know there's not that you know tech pinned Skatska, which was I mean it's an all American. That's it, insane. <laughs> and then turns around, Chance Marsteller got I think fourth and third. Um, so one of the best dudes in the country, and he beats him. And, and like it wasn't one sided or anything, but it was it wasn't a luck win. Like he grounded out and won won the match and, and it was a good match um so i just think that tells you what level he's on and i, I think he can definitely I, I think he can definitely hang with all of the top guys at 74 now which way it actually happens who knows but i, I yeah i can see him going anywhere from one to three in my head yeah um for sure but all right there's two more that i wanted to hit real quick and the first one's your boy nick Reenan and michael beard uh what are your thoughts on that match I think uh, I don't know. Beard Man. looked tough, but he faded at the end of the match against uh, the Clarion dude. Can't they hit at Southern Scuffle. Exact. They oh, hit these Southern guys Scuffle. Did? Yep, and uh, Michael Beard won one nothing. Yeah, I think we're gonna get a pretty boring match here too, to be honest. Um, I think both guys start hot and end slow. <laughs> um, so, my we'll deal, I don't know, you said, obviously, close with Nick Reen, and I don't know if you've talked to him in a while or what, but um, I, the, the deal with him in college has just been injuries, right? He's had a bunch of stuff that he's had to battle through. He, he's 
I mean, we've seen what he can be when he's healthy, right? He made final X against David Taylor. Um, but it's just been a lot of injuries. He had a knee injury. He had a shoulder injury. Um, I don't know. Like, Do you think that, that we finally get him back at 100%? Because no doubt in my mind, 100% Nick Renan is an All-American guy. Yeah. I mean, he's healthy now. We'll see. Um, I think he's really enjoying wrestling, which is also good for him because I know he that's another thing that he's always struggled with. Um, I mean, when he's when he's on, he's he's on, he's really good. And I think that there were a couple years where he shouldn't have wrestled through an injury that he did and got screwed. Last year was one of those years, and the year before when he wrestled Miles and got injured against Miles and then kept wrestling, uh, it was dumb. But you know, he tried, and he just had. And then the only other year was his freshman year. He was healthy. And he was just young, so yeah. hopefully he can stay healthy and and uh, and just get back to his old self and start winning winning some of these matches again. Yeah, um, and then the last one on on this main first thing was uh, Deontay Wilson and uh, Greg Kirkfleet. Um, Kirkfleet, 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 however the heck you want to say, it. I don't know how it's actually pronounced, um, but. One thing's for sure is the dude is absolutely legit and is going to be top three, top four at NCAs. Um, I think that I think that he's gonna you know have his way with Deontay Wilson. Nothing against Deontay Wilson, but um, Kirk Fleet's had his way with everybody, um, and I, I'm just more excited to see him with Paris, Gwiz, and Gable, uh, and see where he fits into that equation freestyle wise. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I'm ready to see him against Paris and Gable. I think he's he's in that. I think he could be in that tier um, very soon if he isn't already, um, which is so awesome, right? The heavyweight weight class right now, the top four it's going to be Gable, Paris, Kirkliet, and Cassiope, which is super exciting. Um, and I'm ready to to just inject it into my veins. Oh, dude, I can't um, because whenever there's a good heavyweight weight class. I'm happy. So I'm ready to see more of this kid and ready to rock, watch him rock. Yep. Um, I think the fun part about that too with him is that we know like Gable announced on Twitter or whatever that he's taken, like this is last year, then he's going WWE. So I assume that's for freestyle, folk style, everything. Um, And then who knows how long Gwiz is going to hang around. I mean, I, I don't, I have no idea. He could hang around for two more cycles or he could be done after this one. Like who knows? Um, Two but, more uh, well, well, I'm just saying, like, who knows? Like, he could fall yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. right? Um, and the the cool thing for me to think about is that the future of heavyweight, right now we're talking about all these guys, right? But the future of heavyweight over the next two, three, four, whatever cycles is going to be Paris Kirkfleet, right? And then there's going to be some other dudes that, that are in there probably, but those are the guys that I think are going to be kind of the future once – once quiz is done and then once gable taps out mm-hmm. you know yeah for sure so those are going to be those are the future and you know it's, it's fun to look forward to because u.s has a bright future uh but let's get into these these final matchups the the kind of main matchups of the card if you will i don't know how they're organizing this thing but uh the first one is going to be emma bruntill and jennifer page uh what are your thoughts on this matchup 
Um, I know Bruntill's coming off a loss to to Kilty, so I'm sure that we're going to see a very good version of her um, sharpening up her tool set. So I'm excited to see it. Um, hopefully, hopefully she can notch a dub. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, this is a cool one um, because the matchup that I want. So Tario Wrestling Club coming out on January eighth. Uh, the matchup that I want to see on that card was going to be Kilty and Paige uh, because Kilty just took out Bruntil, which was... Kilty was number six, Bruntil was five, Paige I think was four. And so I wanted to see her continue to, to move up. Um, so I think it's really cool that we get to see these two against each other because, you know, they're they're both incredible. I mean, you got... I don't know all the stats behind them, but I've watched them wrestle a lot, and it's going to be a really fun one. Two of the top girls at the weight class. I think it's 62 kg. Um, so two that are definitely in the hunt for uh, an Olympic spot. Um, also, there is another women's match on the card, which is going to be Jane Valencia and Moda Pettis. What is her first name? I can't remember. Neither can I. I just but, remember the, the nasty headlock she hit. Um. So it was that on Allie Reagan, and right? it wasn't only the headlock. What? It was on Allie Reagan, right? Yeah, and it wasn't only the headlock. Like before that happened, she was wrestling tough. I think she might have taken her down or something. It was like very close. Um, she was hanging in positions, and and she's very, um, very capable of of winning a match without without getting a pen. So. I'm excited to see her again. Valencia seems like she's just running through girls, though, which is kind of cool to see. Um, so I think that this is going to be a very tough test and and a very good match. Yeah, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but can we stop and just take a second and think about how Jane Valencia is a doctor? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Uh, dude, what the hell? Um, she's one of the best wrestlers around. And she's a freaking doctor. Um, I mean, I, that's just wild to me. I mean, like, how would you feel looking, watching on TV and watching your doctor just kick the shit out of people? <laughs> Dude, that'd be awesome. Um, that'd be hilarious, yeah. Yeah, but I think uh, I've really started to pick up my, my fandom for women's wrestling uh, recently, and these two matchups are, like, top of the line. I mean... There's there's several great matchups that everybody wants out there, right? I think obviously uh, uh, Tamira and Adeline is at the top, um, but these matchups are are freaking awesome. So I think they did a really good job with these. Um, okay, the next one, ooh, gotta get rid of one. Is there we go? Um, Snyder tie walls. So we get Snyder man back. Uh, he had, I, I believe he actually fractured his ankle last time we saw him uh, when he got hurt. Um, but we get him back on the mat against Ty Walls. These guys have, are no strangers to each other. They've gone against each other a lot. Um, they, they look almost identical. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, what do you think here? Um, well, it's going to be good to see Snyder Man back. I'll just uh, I'll put it that way. I'm excited to see him back on the mat. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, and, and so let me ask you this, because obviously Snyder and Gilman were the two that made the move to Penn State, and um, they were very big, you know, crazy moves. You know, wrestling's really changed a whole lot, and 
and th those were like earth-shattering moves. You didn't ever think Ohio State or Snyder would leave Ohio State, Gilman would leave Iowa. They both end up moving to the NLWC to form this, you know, super team. Um, what have you seen out of both Snyder and Gilman since their move to NLWC? Have you seen visual improvements? No. You don't think so? No. I mean, if you... It, <sighs> Snyder looked really good against Machiavelli, but he was losing the Gadsden. Um, and Gilman didn't change up his arsenal against Gross to beat him. He just kept going to the same thing over and over again, which is bre his bread and butter, right? But there, I was talking to some some guys who, who are very, very educated in the sport of wrestling, and I won't say their names, but just saying at, at a certain point, you have your skill set. You have what you what you got. Like there's a certain age, I don't know when it happens, but that is that is you. Um I don't know what what more can change if if you if you switch like uh just expecting your your game to change so dramatically when yeah. you, when you switch. Um, I mean if it if it changes their mindset and they they believe in themselves more, then I think it's it's good enough. Um but I don't I don't think that their wrestling is going to change a whole lot because Kyle Snyder is not going to go through a dramatic change of who he is as a wrestling. Thomas Gilman is not going to change who he is as a wrestler because he moves. So I'll agree with you on the fact that they're not going to change who they are, right? Like Snyder hits a lot of low singles, right? Gilman is, is, a, is a crazy pace moving forward all the time, right? It's not going to change that, but I'll disagree with you in the fact that I've seen a big difference. Not a big difference. I've seen a difference in both of them, and the difference for me has been their ability to let it fly a little bit more. Right? I think that that's been a difference moving to Penn State. I think that we've seen Snyder go. We've seen him, you know, hit five point moves and, and four points. Like we've seen him throw people. Snyder hit a five point move and beat the streets in 2019. Okay, one. Yeah, know. but I've only seen him hit one against Machiavello. I, I guess so. I can't remember all the times that I've seen him do stuff, but I, I just think that when I've seen him wrestle, I think it's more evident in Gilman for me, which I think I guess we disagree with. But um, for Gilman, I, I think that we've seen him way more like, offensive, like actually taking shots and actually, you know, before, I mean, he's one of the best dudes in the world, but I think it was a lot of like just heavy pace push out game and like one point you to death. Whereas, aside from the gross match, gross match, I, I think he kind of reverted back to a little bit of... of okay, what about the Cruz match? Is that the only other match we've seen him in? We've seen Cruz, we've seen... No, he's been in other matches. I can't remember which ones that we've seen him in, but we've seen him in other matches. Because the Cruz match, he got like six push-outs in a row, and then Cruz broke, and then he took him down, and then kept pushing him out. He got like eight or nine push-outs in that match. I don't know. So um, I disagree with you there too. Whatever, man. I don't know. I just I think that I don't think that's a big difference. I think I've I, seen I, a little bit more. Let it fly. You don't think so? Gilman's always let it fly. Like what? <laughs> that's who he is. He's a high offense. But he like I haven't seen them. 
I don't know. I don't want to get in like trouble with these guys. They're freaking, you know, amazing and definitely like love watching them wrestle. I just don't think that I've seen them change who they are as a wrestler. I don't think they've changed a lot to the wrestling. Yeah. At all. But I will say like mindset is huge. Emotions are huge. Like if, if they're getting something else that uh, isn't physical, then it's enough. Um, cause these guys are winners. They're going to win wherever they're at. I just, yeah, you know, I think, you know, I don't think I've seen a big thing. So here's maybe the thing. I, I think maybe, maybe not, maybe let it fly. Wasn't the right way to phrase it. Maybe a little bit more relaxed. I, I, I know like I've listened to several podcasts with Thomas Gilman at, um, and he's kind of talked about how, when he was at Iowa, it was like, it wasn't like a persona really, but like he definitely amplified like who he was right and i think he's talked about kind of when he's moving to penn state just kind of being more of himself and like he's still that intense guy but like i don't know i, I can't explain you'd have to listen i mean he he talks about it a couple times on on bash's podcast and it, it just seems like he's in a better space mentally right and just kind of able to I be will himself say- I will say that I think that the Penn State guys do a great job of controlling their emotions and staying relaxed and having fun. Um, Like just thinking on it, like they're the first real group to be like having fun this, having fun that, and bringing fun into the sport of wrestling. Whereas I think that American wrestling before that was let's go as hard as we can. Yeah, let's bang our heads against the wall. Let's freaking do everything we can every second of every day and don't care that our knees are torn out and our shoulders are ripped up all this stuff like yeah um i think that like looking at vincenzo joseph that dude is always happy i think i've always seen him like smiling every time i've seen him i've seen him smile so um i think that's big when you when you're in a tough sport like wrestling yeah no for sure I think it makes a big deal um, on all levels, all levels. Um, people got to have fun when they're doing stuff like this. I mean, why there's, if, if every time a kid joined a wrestling team, you just beat them down and had that old school mindset. Like you're going to have like five kids that are good. Sure. But you know, you're just running people out of the sport. Um, all right. So let, let's, we're getting off on side tangents. Next one. Okay. Um, actually let's do, let's do this one first. All right. So we're going to go to RBY versus Aljamain Sterling. Uh, Sterling, for people that don't know, if you're just a wrestling fan, you're not a UFC fan, uh, Sterling is a top contender at, what is he? Is he 25? 135. 35, so bantamweight. Uh, so he's a, one of the top contenders at bantamweight. I think that a lot of people are, are picking him to to be a champ at some point. Um, a lot of people want to see him in the... He's fighting for the belt next at bantamweight against Peter Young. Yeah. Um, so yeah, how, how crazy is that, that? That the dude took a wrestling match, um, just kind of for fun. Like he's not like I don't know what he's making on this, but it's nowhere near what a UFC fight would be, especially a championship fight. Like what what do you think about him taking this match before fighting for a belt in the UFC? Well, I'll tell you what. Like I've I've been kind of getting into UFC, especially when quarantine hit. Like I'm a I'm a hardcore fan. I think now, um, and just listening to him talk on the radio he's been eyeing this yawn fight for a long time he fought 
early at the beginning of the year, and then he was next in line for the title. So he's been waiting for it. And then Jan had something go on where, where he couldn't fight. So Aljo was like just itching to compete. Like, hey, let's fight. Hey, let's fight. Hey, let's fight. And then, you know, RBY being the competitor he is was like, hey, let's anyone, any fighters want to wrestle? Like, I don't think that they, like any of these guys can wrestle, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And Aljo just being the competitor he is and being a wrestler in the past um, took, took on the challenge. Um, after his his title fight fell off and it was supposed to be December 12th. So, you know, he wanted to compete and here he is and uh, he wrestled D3, I think. So, yep. um, it's no stranger to it. I, I'm What I'm more interested, especially if his next fight's a title fight, because I didn't know that. Um, I mean, what does this do for him mentally? Because... If you ask me, RBY is going to tech him. I mean, I know that they're doing a grappling. Sure. I totally agree. Like, they're going to do a grappling match for, like, a three-minute grappling match after the wrestling match. But, yeah, you agree. I mean, RBY is going to going to tech him. I don't see it even going long. Um, so, does that do anything to him? Like, right before you're fighting for a UFC belt, like, going out and getting destroyed by a college wrestler? No, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think it should. MMA wrestling is totally different than uh, than freestyle wrestling, you know. I mean, not obviously not totally different, but I think that there's different positions. Like, he's not going to be able to use a cage to stop a shot. He's not going to be able to jump into a guillotine to stop a shot. He's not going to be able to go to his back. He's not going to be able to, like, it, it's just going to be different. Yeah. And he's not going to get punched in the face either, so... I don't think that this should do anything to him mentally. Uh, I think that if anything, this speaks to to how much of a competitor he is. And I mean, I'm sure that this is going to set up like a good relationship with Nittany Lion and, and probably help him in the future, to be honest. I bet that's what, what this has to do with um, a lot of. So Yeah. I mean, well, for one, like I, I, I'm a UFC fan. I, I won't consider myself hardcore because – uh, I, I don't watch every single one of them, but I watch as many as I can. Um, I'm definitely an Aljamain Sterling fan after this. I mean, just not only seeing him come out here and take this match and it being so entertaining for us, but the level of respect he has as well, right? He didn't come out here and he wasn't like, you know, McGregoring RBY and being like, oh, I'm going to beat you down, blah, 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 you're nothing, whatever. Like, they're very respectful. It's going to be a, a good match. And, you know, I like having a little bit of drama, but it's just, I think they went about it the right way. And um, I think it's going to be a really fun, fun match to watch. And I also think, like you said, it's, I think Kale's a flipping wizard, dude. Like, I mean, he's been ahead of the curve for everything. And I think just like you said right there, like this sets up a relationship possibly with the NLWC and the UFC right um maybe not directly but kind of starting to to get a little bit of a relationship more so than they had before and maybe you know if you're looking at if you have mma aspirations you know bo's opening up a, a american top team gym in state college like like I, I don't know i i just think the dude is insane like a wizard um i mean do you think that has any effect on on recruiting if anybody's looking at you know fighting mma in the future yeah, I mean, I don't know how much help Penn State needs at recruiting, 
but uh, they're, they're winning that game pretty consistently. So I think, yeah, it helps for sure. But I don't, I don't really know a lot of people that go into college wrestling thinking they're going to be a fighter. So, yeah. Well, I just think like my thought was if you think about college wrestlers that end up in MMA, I think there's a very clear college that has gotten people there at least successfully. If you, you, are you feeling where where I'm saying? Oklahoma state. Yeah. Oklahoma state. Right. If you have any kind of MMA aspirations, I think they've been pretty much the one that's, that's been like a farm for the UFC. Um, but you know, maybe Kale's getting in the game here. Um, but it's going to be a fun match. I'm excited to see it. RBY is doing awesome things for the sport. Uh, I think he's, he's awesome and you've got to wrestle with him several times. Um, so my last match is going to, or yeah, the last match of the card that I bring up is going to be the big one. Uh, and that's Zane Rutherford versus Bajarang Punya. <sighs> what are your thoughts here, man? Because we just saw Bajarang destroy people at the, uh, 150 pound flow bracket and then obviously Zane coming off some really good wins I mean he beat Pantelio and several others Bajarang beats him I don't know how bad probably about like 4 or 5 points um, I think that Zane has a really good style for him for yeah. Americans just because he can keep up with the pace um, but just the way that Bajarang handled the freaking that tournament it's just like he's looking really good right now looking really good i mean i think zane's looked really good too uh, i think he's looked very very good lately um I'll, I'll pick zane i'll go with zane um i think that it's gonna be a fun match and honestly for me it's kind of up in the air but I'll, I'll pick zane there um and i still owe you some push-ups so uh, you know i had a camera set up to do it but uh it didn't work out with the sound. I didn't want to kill everybody's ears with echoing. So I'll have to record me doing that and maybe post it or something uh, to, to verify that I did them for you. Um, Sounds good. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know if we can make any bets until until the other bets paid. But, yeah, I'll take Zane here. Um, I, I'm looking forward to it, though, man. I mean, tomorrow night, you know, about this time, probably we'll be seeing uh, Bajarang and Zane, hopefully. So, it's gonna be a fun one man all right um but is there anything else on this event that you want to say before we move on from that um no i think uh it's really cool what ninny line wrestling club is doing so that's it yeah for sure uh you know before we leave the the last thing that i wanted to to say and i'm pulling them up real quick is that um i think i said it before but next week on our, our show we're going to do every tuesday night 7 30 um and obviously you know jack's training for olympic glory and stuff so sometimes he can't make it but um next week's going to be our, our first week we can actually talk about college wrestling which is going to be freaking yeah. awesome so uh we will next week our episode we're going to sit down and actually just go through college wrestling the matches that are going to happen that week and so just so the people know some of the matches that are going to be happening in this first week in the acc are going to be uh, unc is wrestling campbell um so that one's going to be unc versus campbell at home uh nc state is wrestling gardner webb uh pitt has got navy 
And then Virginia Tech is wrestling Campbell and George Mason. Um, the Cavaliers have not put out their schedule yet, but I do know who no, they're wrestling. We're going to like a, a tournament mm-hmm. against uh, – there's going to be a few teams. So I think like App, State, App State's hosting it. And yep. then there's going to be a couple other teams. But they didn't want to make it like a they're, – they're not doing duels per se. So it's yeah. going to be a round round of four teams. Yeah, so I uh, I was talking I I got to text Coach Garland and asked him about it. Um, and yeah, I don't know how much they want out there or, or what, but like you said, they they have I think there's four total teams um, and you know getting some matches in, so that's gonna be cool. Um, Wait, so you knew that they didn't want it out there, and I freaking I freaking just spoiled it. And threw it no, out no, no. There? I I, have, I don't know. I don't know if he doesn't want it out there or not, but like they haven't posted it, and he texted it to me, so like I I don't know. Sure. I don't know. Let me check. Let me check their website. If it's on their website, I feel like we're good, right? Um, probably. I mean, yeah, if it's on the website for sure. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know if it's like what some top Duke, secret what thing. What are the Dukies doing? Um, do I don't know? know. I haven't seen anything from Duke at all. I haven't heard. So I, I, I'm just going to assume that they're not wrestling until heard otherwise. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully, hopefully we'll get something. Yeah. So. I don't know. Like, let's just, I guess, not say who they're wrestling in case. But, um, yeah, so they're they're supposed to wrestle a couple teams. You didn't hear that from me. Yeah. Supposed to wrestle a couple teams. going to be fun. But um, I think that, you know, if any of them, the, the big ones are Virginia Tech Campbell and UNC Campbell um, are going to be the, the kind of biggest of the duels so far as, like, actual matchups are concerned. Um, but even within that. Maybe versus Pitt? Did you say Navy versus oh, Pitt? Oh, yeah, Navy versus Pitt, yeah. I think that would put some good matchups out there. Yeah. I think we've got a, a good one at 41, right? Or the uh, – let's check this out. Huh? I don't remember what Navy's got. Okay, so Campbell has – who is uh, – it's Campbell UNC. Okay, Cody Tribus versus um, – from Pittsburgh, he's wrestling in the classic. Oh, Cole Williams, that'll be a good match. Yeah, match at one forty-one. Yep. Yeah, no, I mean it's gonna be cool because we're gonna see uh, the first uh, look at the Kerry Colette Navy team. So, we'll uh, we'll get to yeah. see that dynamic, and then of course uh, on the other side of it, Campbell with their new head coach over there. So, um, yeah, I mean it's gonna set up a bunch of bunch of cool matchups i'm gonna probably get digging into those the next couple days and i'll have something thrown together for the next episode but um definitely looking forward to talking about those next week and um but it, i mean if that's all we got then i think we're probably good to go man is there anything else you got nothing awesome i ordered another ps5 hopefully it comes hopefully jack has a ps5 next time we talk By the and- next time we talk i hope i have it maybe yeah maybe he's even happier than we got him tonight so uh one can only hope but it, yeah on the other side of that if you have your ps5 we might have trouble getting you on here yeah i know right <laughs> okay so i actually have two on the way so i can cancel one if the other one fails <laughs> crap wow you got two of them on the way well, what happened two of them to- on the way. so if you end up with two are you just gonna send one back i guess no, I've got friends. I'm gonna sell it. You gonna sell it? Okay. All yeah, right. I'm gonna sell it. Okay. I'm not gonna take time to return it. I got friends. They probably want it, right? Yeah. Well, 
Um, I think you're selfish because there's a bunch of people out there that want PS5s, and you got two on the way. Two on the way. Oh, what's up? What's up? All right, man. Well, it's getting late. Um, I want to let you go so you can get to your life. I can get to mine. But next week, everybody, make sure you tune in. We're going to talk about ACC duels. There's actually going to be wrestling to talk about. I'm looking forward to it. And that's going to be it for us. We're going to wrap it up. And thanks for talking to me, Jack. I look forward to talking to you next week. All right. Peace.